Hello, everybody. Alejandro from Catalyst Radio here with you once again, and thank you for being with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Concrete Coatings Canada, which is the number one shop for epoxy coatings and concrete restoration. It's also brought to you by Fundamentals of Play, and if you missed the podcast last week, be sure to tune in because we talked to Louis Serrano, who's the Chief Fun Officer. Fundamentals of Play is the place that gives you permission to play and uses that power to teach modern day business skills. Now let's jump right into it. Welcome everybody to the Catalyst Radio Podcast. It's Alejandro once again from the new studio setup that you may have seen a couple weeks ago. And I have a very special guest with me today. I have Nadia Navarrete, and she is a um, specialist in native plants. Nadia, how are you doing? And, and can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and a bit more of an intro there? Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, uh, hello, um, thank you for having me. This is pretty exciting. And to be in your in your podcast, my I'm actually a, as you say I'm a native plant specialist, and but I have a, a background in botany and also in agronomy. So I initially started working with native plants in El Salvador, and when I came here to the states uh, 30 years ago to study my master's degree is when I, I started getting interested in native plants here in the States. And it's what I have done. Uh, I have done uh, all kinds of things regarding uh, na 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 nature. And but one of the things that I got it more interested in is in native plants because we can not only uh, grow them for uh, wildlife, and now, for you know that we have problems with pollinators all over the, I mean, everywhere in the world. So they are really important for pollinators, wherever we are. And, um, but they can also be a source of food for people. So and now with the virus, I think it has, um, before people were already uh, interested in it. But now that I that people say have stayed more at home, they have been uh, they have been more interest in what they can eat that is a, that is natural that is native to a place. Yes, yes, and just take me back one one quick thing that you mentioned early on. You um, studied botany, and what was the second part that you studied? Well, at first, I, this, my degrees were initially in El Salvador. I got a, um, an uh, agronomy degree at the University of El Salvador. And then uh, I came to the States to study a master's degree in forestry. And then um, I continued with a PhD at the same university, Southern Illinois University. And uh, it, was in, in, it was a botany degree. It is a botany degree. So I started working with native plants more at that time. Okay. Okay. I think it was the second one, uh, agronomy that I didn't, I just didn't catch when you said it the first time, but no, that's great. Uh -huh. um, 
one one thing I you know since we've and you know we've had a several conversations um, before this chat, but one of the things that I've always been curious about is when when we talk about native plants, um, and you're in Missouri, so mm -hmm. are are native plants different in you know Missouri and surrounding areas compared to other regions, and are you more specialized in certain you know plants that grow in certain environments and things of that nature or or how does that all kind of work because I'm, I'm sure in canada some of the native plants that you work with maybe not uh they wouldn't be native in in some of these regions just because of the different temperatures or things like that or no well, not really well it depends on there it's amazing because um plants are so diverse uh, there could be a plant that you can see growing in El Salvador that would grow here in the States and even in Canada. But those are really, uh, that they have a broad range of distribution and they act differently. Like for example, in El Salvador, they, they will grow all year long because the weather, the weather never changes, the temperature never uh, freezes. Uh, I mean, the, it, it never freezes in El Salvador unless you are in a, in a, in the, at the tip of a of a volcano, but it's very rare. And so these same plants that you see sometimes in in the tropics might grow here, and and they they adapt. They have a um, way to adapt to the conditions. They might grow during, in the summertime. When, the, when it's plenty of uh, water and also when the temperature is right for them to grow. And then in the winter, they go dormant. And that is the case. So we're, I'm talking about Missouri, which is about, uh, like, in the, like in the middle of the country, or mm -hmm. they, they call it the heart of the country, or this, the, the U.S. And in Canada, they might grow even for a shorter period. Okay. So so there are plants that can be found specific to an area, but there are others that will have a broad range of distribution. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, what a little while ago I listened to, um, I think it was, uh, are you familiar with Malcolm Gladwell? No, the, I'm not. The so he he did um he's written books like the tipping point and and some others and he used to i believe work for the new york times or something like that uh -huh. but he, he also has a podcast and and he did a special uh, uh, he did one on uh grass and it focused on things like uh golf um you know uh, golf courses and things of that nature where we're really growing things that are not native to where we're from. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's different types of grasses and everybody in our neighborhood, in a lot of neighborhoods, focuses on growing their the greenest grass and with a lot of wet, uh, you know, water and fertilizer yeah, and chemicals. Yeah. Yes, and, and naturally those this grass would not grow here. And he, he just, he did a really good job at pointing out how crazy it is that, you know, we do that. And, no, and, that's, and that is the case for, 
Yeah, and I just want to, I was just talking about like in a broad sense, say, uh, sense that there are plants that can grow everywhere in the world. But they, there are some plants, when I talk about the some that are pretty specific, like in the case of, well, plants that we find in El Salvador, we have Maquiliswat, is the national tree of El Salvador. It wouldn't grow, it might grow maybe in some parts in Florida, the very south Florida, but not farther because it doesn't, it just the weather doesn't uh, work for this, this tree. In, in one uh, grass that, you, that, uh, that is not native, that can be adapted anywhere in the world, it's like the Bermuda grass. It's one okay. that is, it's just, for me, it's, I mean, even in our yard here in Missouri, it grows, but only um, in the summertime. But they uh -huh. manage to grow so well that if you don't control it, no, your plants won't make it because they there are some plants that are just adapted to any condition. And another thing is that they don't have any controls, like in some cases, if you in their own uh, area of origin, they might have uh, like diseases or insects that might eat them. So they form, they, they do control their growth, but here they don't. The diseases or insects that might not might eat them, they're not present. So they are, they grow rampant. I mean, they grow okay. like crazy. Yes. So, so it's why um, I focus on the na native plants for where the re uh, in the region I am. Like in Missouri, I work with plants uh, that grow in our, in here in Missouri, and they can maybe uh, found in other, in other states, but we try to, if we use seed to plant, uh, to grow these plants, we try to collect as close as possible to the location where we are establishing yes. our gardens, for example. Yes. Well, that's amazing. That's, uh, you know, this year, I don't remember if I told you, but this year, for the first time in, in my life, I've been playing in our garden in the backyard. And I don't, you know, I don't have the, the type of knowledge that you do, but I know that um, I was told to be careful with mint, I believe, mm -hmm. because if I, if I plant it directly in the ground, to be careful it because spread. it can spread. Yes. yes. And yes. so I, I kind of just kept it in planters this year um, to give it a try and and uh, to try not to, to, to avoid that just because I didn't really have a plan in terms mm -hmm. of what I wanted to do in the garden. <laughs> it actually mm -hmm. started as a little bit of a hobby that I was going to start that my wife was going to um, kind of continue. And, and mm -hmm. I, I, I believe I've said this before in a, in a previous podcast where it, it ended up being almost like, you know, the, that little kid that wants to have a pet dog um, mm -hmm. and says he's going to take care of it. And then he doesn't. And then the parent has to take care of it is exactly what happened to me. So I, I began these little projects with a few vegetables and herbs in the garden. Um, mm -hmm. And because my wife was going to take care of them and she doesn't take care of them. So I've really enjoyed it. 
um, this year. And, and we, we have some small um, peppers that I grew. Um, I planted some lilies and a few evergreen trees and um, uh, cucumbers. Those are probably the, the majority. And spinach. Spinach is mm -hmm. one that I've been looking forward to um, harvesting. So we've had a little bit of fun in it in, in our garden this year, but uh, I, 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 un I understand the point of these, some flowers can take over and, and just grow rampant. So you have to be careful, I guess. Yeah, but there's so much to choose from. Just in Missouri, we have more than 2000 species that are native to the state. And at least 300 are sold in commercial nurseries. And in my case, because I'm, uh, if I want to grow a plant and I don't find it in a nursery, I, I go and find the plants and then I gather the seed at the end of the season and I grow them, I grow them myself. But um, again, it just depends. For example, I know that mint my spread and it's great to put it in a pot, but it's not a, it's not a non, it's not a native plant. So mm -hmm. Probably in the in the place of origin might not behave that way. So, right. but here is what we were talking about that maybe nobody eats it. Like it's uh, usually mint plants don't seem to be to be eaten by anybody. Deer don't like them. They might just don't like this the smell or something <laughs> or the yes. taste. But um. Some of the things that I do uh, mainly that I promote is native plants that are good. I mentioned about pollinators, and especially one of the poster child has been the monarch butterfly. And, yes. Yeah, and especially, I mean, it's really neat that we're talking with you in Canada, me and Missouri. And then uh, I know that this, this may be a butterfly that came from, uh, that was in Canada, came to Missouri, made it here, and then mm -hmm. the newborns, they go to Texas and then can continue their travels to Mexico. So, yes. that is, so we are all, uh, I feel that we are all connected. And then we, like in Canada, you can grow milkweeds for the monarchs. I can yes. grow them here and also in texas yes yes you know what's amazing about that story is my so last year my daughter was in an outdoor camp for the summer and mm -hmm. she she learned a lot about many many different things and i didn't know about the monarch butterflies um she basically taught me about them how they migrate to mexico and they can they, you know they're the same ones that we might see here in canada and um, so because I was playing in the garden this year, I, I failed to let you know that we did plant a uh, milkweed and we also planted a one that I guess it was just called a butterfly bush because mm -hmm. what we wanted to do is attract butterflies. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's been it's been incredible. We've we've seen the odd monarch butterfly here and there. Um, there's been a lot more of, um, I guess, smaller white butterflies i don't know what they would be called but mm -hmm. um yeah, i was you know and that's a result of my daughter learning about that and and basically teaching me about it and having her be excited about playing in the garden and getting her hands a little bit dirty and 
you know, helping me with uh, planting these uh, plants. So that's, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing that's that you great. bring that up because, yes, I, and I saw that actually you have a very brilliant blog on your, I guess, written blog from a couple years ago, maybe about the monarch butterflies and, and the milkweed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I yeah, and I well, I work with not not only with the mourners, but as you say, there are so many different butterflies. Once you start noticing one, and then you start planting the flowers, it's just amazing how my, how many things we have that we never we didn't notice before. And it's yes. great to hear that your girl, if I remember, her name is Maya. Is is it? Yes, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I know I know about her since she was born. <laughs> I remember <laughs> with your gra with your mom uh, telling yeah. me about her. So it's really neat to hear yeah. that she's interested in that and it's just the new generations are the ones that are now it uh, will be in charge of protecting what uh, what is still have I mean the wildlife will still have. That's right. That's right. And when when you speak about pollinators, that that also includes bees, correct? Yeah, pollinators. Well, not only bees, but wasps, uh, okay. beetles, and could be also even the the true bugs. And like when we talk about little bees, like the the sweat bees, if you have ever ever run into one that bite you, uh, they usually mm -hmm. look if you're when you're sweating. They look for that sweat because they need it for their metabolism and they need the salt. And, and sometimes we, <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is that some people don't like them because they, they bite you if you, for some, you don't realize that they are in your arm uh, just uh, getting some of your salt. And, right. but they are behind, but those, are one of the best pollinators in, 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 I mean, there are many bees, but those little bees are really good pollinators too. Wow, I, I, I guess I'm not familiar with those here, or I don't, I don't know if they are around here. I didn't know that. I don't know if we have that type here. I, you know, it's, it's myself, I don't have any problem with bees and, you know, when, when my daughter and I were talking about planting the milkweed in the butterfly bush, we, we knew that it's also going to attract bees. But mm -hmm. my wife is a little bit skittish about the bees. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy that my, obviously, you know, my daughter does not have that in her now. My wife mm -hmm. is a little bit different and she like, doesn't like them around her or whatnot. But that's, you know, years of... Um, <laughs> Her conditioning I guess but um, yeah I mean I, I'm a big big advocate and believer in you know they're if you don't bug them they're not you know they're not interested in biting you and yeah of course yeah I don't know what type of bees we have here but one of the one of the fascinating things actually that we went to one year is we have a lavender farm not too far away from our, our home probably about 40 minutes away and at that lavender farm, they also harvest, um, I guess, honey from bees that mm -hmm. are only pollinating around the um, the lavender. And when you walk through those lavender fields, mm -hmm. all you hear is the buzzing. And mm -hmm. when you look close at the plants, 
they are so, it, it just boggled my mind as to how many of them are out there, focused, working, pollinating, and not bothering with anybody, you know, and, and you just, it's just a, a fantastic bzz all the, the entire time you're there. Um, so that was kind of a, a, a really good experience in exposing actually my wife to being around lots of bees. <laughs> yeah, and I know that people are, um, maybe they had a bad experience when they were little. Some people fear spiders. Mm -hmm. And in in other um, it, well, insects in general, and and spiders, and whatever that doesn't look uh, pretty, people think that they are just bad, but it is because they have not been exposed to that, mm -hmm. and and it's wonderful to like like what you talk about the summer camps is what they do, so if you are exposed since you are very little. To some to things that you know that I'm not gonna hurt you, I mean you're you're gonna be fine. But it's uh, I know that it, many people, I may, I might be a little different than the rest of my family, because we grew up in the city, but I never was afraid of any insect. I just loved them, and I don't know that what it was about in general insects, any animal, and but I but I still see people that feel. So, um, well, they, they just don't like to be around insects, but because yes. they don't know them. Yes. Um, so, <clears throat> but it's never too late. I, I, hopefully people would understand now that it's so much emphasis by organizations and uh, non-profit non organizations, especially environmental organizations, uh, to protect what we are losing. Otherwise... I mean, in the future, we're not going to have food or it, our food is not going to be as diverse as it has been. Right. So we depend on them. We need to protect them. Yes. Yes. No, I completely agree. So tra transitioning over to a, a bit of a different topic. Um, and by the way, just for whomever is listening and, and if you're listening um, several years from now, the, the, the virus that we are currently going through is the Corona uh, COVID-19 virus. And I, I always just mention that just because it, it, it pops up in our conversations. And just in case, you know, somebody's listening mm -hmm. to it years from now, they can understand kind of what, what we're referring to. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I did want to, and then this conversation is amazing. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. And Nadia, we, you know what? We should just um, let the audience know as well um, that you you do know my mother, you do know my grandmother, and mm -hmm. um, you're from El Salvador, and um, you know that 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 relationship has has existed, and um, you know that that brings me a lot of joy in regards to how we're just having this casual conversation, and when we've chatted before, so this has been really great. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I did want to transition into one of the topics that we usually cover on our podcast, and that's um, describing the, the person, place, or thing that was a really big, that had a big impact, I guess, in your life. Well, uh, there are several, but um, 
I remember. I'm so sorry. That's okay. This is the, these are the joys of working from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the good thing. Um, well, there, there were, there were people. I mean, different in different phases of my life, and um, I could name different people. Of course, my mother was uh, the best thing that ever happened to me. She was the best mother of that anybody could want. And unfortunately, she died so young. And I, I that really, I wish I could, that she knew what I was. She would be very proud. I mean, it took me a long time to get where I am. But, but she probably was the first person in my life, the most important thing in my life. And, and then uh, the next person is my husband. And he's really, I mean, through the years, I have, I mean, we all change. And I think we have all learned to adapt. And that's one of the things that I, I learned from him and about um, just, Learn to accept what we have, and and learn to embrace what we have. The, I mean, in in and also, um, I guess I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you know, you know what? That's so, um, that's so fitting because we were just talking about the plants in different environments, and these plants mm -hmm. have to, and the plants have to adapt. Mm -hmm. They have to accept their environment and, and, you know, if they're in a colder climate and they have to embrace their surroundings. So it's, it's so fitting that you, you kind of started to mention that. <laughs> yeah. And you know that I've been, we have been uh, together for more than 30 years. So we, we changed through that time. And if we learn to, 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 uh, um, we, we learn to uh, adapt to each other and accept each other, I think that's the that's a good uh, way to to. It's why you you can stay together with someone, and so that's. I mean, those I mentioned them because they are really. They, I wouldn't be who I am if I wasn't for my mother and my husband, and but in talking about professionally. I can mention a few a few professors in my life, and one one professor was in El Salvador. That was a, he was um, I remember his name was uh, his last name was Gracias Molina, and he died very young, I, almost after I finished my my degree. I was out of uh, college, but it was like it was my role model. He was a, a great teacher, but also was, um, um, but he was very, very smart and, and, and could be your friend too. So that's what I see. So, so I have other, other people that I can, in, that I always learn through the years that I can, uh, I feel that I, I mean, I have to be thankful because that helped me to, to be who I am now. And what, what was it, if you can describe a little bit deeper about, um, did you say Gracias Molino was the last name? His Molina? last name, Gracias Molina. I forgot his first name. 
but he was not only a great teacher, but all very enthusiastic about the, the, what he taught us. He was actually a, um, an specialist in, in, in statistics in, in, in um, it was uh, diseños experimentales or like experimental designs. Yeah, yeah. So it was more like a statistics, but uh, uh, for many pe people, many many people range about statistics. But this guy made it so so fun, and adapt he adapted it to what we were learning. And we were okay. I was so young in my twenties, and and it really made an impact in my life. I really love it, love what he taught. But on the other hand. Unfortunately, there were other, I had bad teachers too. So that made an impact in your life too. Like, yeah, I, yeah and I, I remember genetics. I, don't, I had a, I really didn't have a great uh, teacher and I didn't like genetics, but it wasn't because genetics, it was because the teacher. And yes. then later in my life, I had to learn genetics because it was part of my of my studies. So so and then you don't realize how much a person can be an impact in your life, but either positively or negatively. So yeah. it, it just uh, that what makes you. So it's good to have both, I think. So we can uh, choose uh, the positive experiences yes yeah they end up shaping your life nonetheless and maybe uh -huh. pointing you in certain directions is is um is kind of what i think and i've recently been very interested in that that's why i asked the question as it relates to how um you know you can be a good uh, teacher whatever it is in regards to teaching my daughter how to play basketball or soccer or teaching a group of teenagers about uh, uh, poetry, anything like that. I, I'm always curious to know what it is about that sort of leadership role or teacher um, influencer in, in everybody's life. What was it that made them stand out? Because I, I, I'm very interested to be that sort of um, um, figure to, you mm -hmm. know, like to my daughter or to some of the teams that I work with um, and things like that. So that's very interesting. Yeah. And, and I completely agree with you in the sense that you have to use, even in business, um, mm -hmm. even in my business, you have to use the language of your audience and you have to be able to, um, you know, be able to speak in their language and, and teach them at a level that they can understand as opposed to just, you know, language that a marketer would use or a salesperson uses. They, they, they may not be interested in that. They don't know those terms. Mm -hmm. You need to really, you know, talk to them about what they're yeah, going to they understand. Be a friend first. And yeah, because I, well, I came um, to, this, to this country in the 80s, mid 80s. And I remember, I mean, of course, at the time, my English was so bad, but I was learning. And I remember being, uh, I mean, it still sometimes happens 
that people look at you because you they hear a different accent. Uh, they think that you are a that you don't understand or that you are a little dumb because mm -hmm. a word that you, you don't say right. And they even make fun of you without sometimes even knowing. But mm -hmm. I have so many good people in my life. To, I mean, friends, people that I met when I first came to this country, they're still my friends. They, they were in, in Illinois. And they also were, I mean, they introduced me to all the, the beautiful places. And it was in Southern Illinois. And, and they took me to, <clears throat> excuse me, to natural areas to show me the native plants, the insects, the birds. So it was for me a new, like a new world. And, but it was the kindness of these people also that made me feel so at home. It took me about a year, and 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 actually a year, one year after I came here, I met my husband Randy. So it just made a, a whole a whole difference to have somebody in your life, and to have friends, and um, just try not to. I mean, try focus more on the good, on the on the good people that you have around you. Sometimes Absolutely. it's hard to avoid it then. <clears throat> Absolutely. There's a there's a friend I have and, and I don't know where it where it originated, but the the thought is that you are the average of the closest five or ten people around you, right? So you have to mm -hmm. you have to find those really good people that will help you and lift you up rather than you know put you down and uh, mm -hmm. not not support your ideas or you know however crazy they may be right so you, mm -hmm. you it sounds like you found a really good core group of, of people and that's that's amazing that's great that's great well yeah actually with um i find people through native plants like here where now in missouri i keep finding people that share the same uh ideas and the same values and and that takes me away from people that could be negative and i i mean at this point in my life i if i run into somebody that is that is not nice and there's no reason not to be nice i say i don't need this i mean i can afford to choose my friends instead of having people that are then can be detrimental to my my uh, um, well myself my to myself so yeah. so I I think is and I hope that I can be to be a, um, also the same for my friends but sometimes we cannot be not everybody likes us and we always gonna run into someone that is not the greatest. Maybe we, there's something about the personalities that we cannot get along with, but there's still a lot. I mean, there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> Same as native plants, you have a lot yeah. to choose from. Yes, yes. Well, did, was there was there anything else that you you were going to mention as it relates to catalysts in your life, or is this a good transition into how you are also 
um, making a change in your world? Because I think, you know, through your plants and all of that is already a big impact that you're, you're having on the world and educating people and things of that nature. But I didn't want to transition if there was more that you wanted to mention um, as it relates to catalysts in your life. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I realized, I'm 64, and and I thought that at this point in, in life, I would be, I don't know what I did, <laughs> I didn't know what I would be doing at this point in life, but I feel that at this point in my life, I'm, um, I have learned so, I mean, I've been learning all my life about nature, native plants, and what to do to protect them, how to get people involved. So it feels to me that I'm at the point where I can be an influence to others, to the uh, younger people. And I feel, I'm, I see it in my daily life. I, I didn't realize how many people, uh, sometimes I run into people that I truly don't remember. And and I and they tell me they oh about ten years ago you gave me these plants I mean my my gardening is thriving because the plants you gave me or something like that and that makes me realize that I yeah I have done a little a little for this world <laughs> so I I will keep doing it and then I'm hoping that the message that I pass it to pass to them they are able to pass it on too to others. So, I don't know, it just... You're leaving, your, you're leaving your fingerprint on the world, I'd say. Yeah, I just a little one, but I feel that, um, yes, I think so. And, but, but at the same time, I know there are many people like me, and it doesn't feel that way sometimes. In the past, I mean, it took me about 20 years to finally feel that the like native plants, which is my focus now, are really, people are really understanding what they, why they are so important. There were times like 20 years ago when I, what I, I called the good old boys, and you start working with them and then they look at you like, nah, you're, you're just, they laugh at you. Right. Because they don't, they don't understand. And so it's just amazing to me that now at this point, people, the same people that would be maybe laughing at them, they're doing it. Yes. I don't know, but they are, but I see many, in many cases, people that I wouldn't expect that they would be doing what they're, what I was doing back then. Now they're doing it. So for is a that reason or another? Yeah, so curiosity uh, for me is is that almost like if I think about the landscape landscaping industry, for example, the, the, would you say that their focus is a lot more on aesthetics and how a garden looks and they wouldn't have had like much knowledge of, well, maybe they would have had a knowledge, but not necessarily uh, pushing to use native plants and now as the consumer uh, is more aware and a little bit more savvy in regards to their choices in plants and uh, more awareness of native plants, maybe there's a, they're doing it more like the landscapers and things like that. Is that kind of what you're referring to? 
Yeah, what happened is that there has been a lot of education from many organizations and, and, and they have been targeting um, the public and also working with, with the like federal state uh, agencies. And they all realize that is, I mean, this is not only prettier, but also is sometimes it's cheaper and mm -hmm. sometimes we run into play into situations where uh, an area is polluted because so much fertilizers and you mentioned it at the beginning like fertilizers for example are used uh, in, in uh, indiscriminately and mm -hmm. sometimes uh, people just don't know it and so i think the the education has improved people um are um, they're learning more and also um let me i think it's it just like, as you say yeah go ahead it sounds like there's been an investment in in kind of that education as well yeah the and there, there's there has been more there's definitely more awareness of what we are doing um like a, just an example in our own yard we have our yard is one quarter one quarter of an acre including the house for two people which is large for two people but everything in our every almost every space in the front yard and the backyard is planted with native plants and in the past maybe 20 when I, we first moved people were not too happy with us and maybe some of them are not ha too happy with us still but they tolerate us they and they um, i put signs in my yard so they some people even they stop and read the signs that i have and, and they now many of them and we have talked to several that uh, they understand why we have what we have Yes. And, and also, so even, I mean, so I, I give them plants and then, so people are, they're, they're different people. Some people just don't want to mess with native plants because they just like to stay to make their yard perfectly yes. Yes, looking I like a desert, <laughs> what I call desert, yeah. because like lawn is, is desert for, no, it yeah. doesn't provide anything any food any any shelter nothing to yes. to wildlife yeah so, i completely agree and yeah, I've, so I've, seen, I've seen a few i was just going to say i've seen a few pictures on your website of your garden and i think it's wonderful uh, especially how you describe some plants that are coming in and some plants that were not there a month ago and I believe I saw a picture as well with the signs that you uh, that you just mentioned as well. And mm -hmm. you know, I love it. I love it because I I really like the concept of you know everybody's going in one direction and you go a different direction, regardless of what topic we're speaking about. If it's uh, investing in the stock market, everybody's doing one thing. You do the complete opposite. If you know, and, and I and I kind of preach that to my daughter because mm -hmm. I want her to be the only one in her school that doesn't have a mobile phone, and take pride in that. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, you'll be the only one that is different. And I love that. I love, I love mm -hmm. the fact that you um, are very proud of your garden and regardless of what people think, and you've probably taught a lot of people many things just in your own neighborhood. So it's, mm -hmm. it's going against yeah. the grain. It's still a lot, a lot of work to do, but I don't know if we, we I know we started, this might be another trench uh, we can make, if I, if I may, uh, we, we just started talking about uh, your mom and your grandma and we didn't yes. follow up on that. And I do, I'd like to say something, um, Well, as you say, as, as you said, we, we had a conversation where I told you that how uh, fun that was of your, your grandma and with your mom, we grew up being, uh, we were neighbors in El Salvador and, and we actually, we went, I remember going to parties With, with them, with my brothers and my and her brother and and friends, so it was just a delightful um, childhood that we had, and I have I have wonderful memories. And for me, and the last time I saw you was before that you were leaving. You were actually leaving, uh, going to Canada, so it might, you might have been like five or so. Yeah. And. Yeah. And I and I just have so those memories are just wonderful, and for me to be able to be talking to you now, after all these years, and then knowing that it, I mean, so we haven't. I saw your mom maybe about four years ago. Uh, we saw one uh, evening because I was visiting, and she came to see me, and. <clears throat> So, but uh, so it just it's just amazing when we saw each other. It was such a, a delight to see each other after yeah. all these years. So I just want to mention that that it really means a lot to me uh, to be it's talking to you. Honor. It's my honor, Maria. And 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 you know what? It's it's just like we're all connected. You were mentioning to me earlier. Everything is connected and. Mm -hmm. um, just like you mentioned, the last time you may have seen me was maybe when I was five, and you know, and now here we are talking years later, and uh, mm -hmm. about many different things, and and it's wonderful for me to hear even stories about my grandmother and things like that because all, all I've really heard is majority is from my mother and maybe her mm -hmm. brother, my uncle. So it's it's really mm -hmm. nice to hear somebody else's perspective and. And um, and get their stories and things like that. So and we're and we're yeah, all connected, like you said well, before. We, yeah, and I I thought I told I think I told you that she was our seamstress. She was so good at it that she didn't use patterns. I, well, I don't remember how he, she did it, but if we wanted something, she would do it. And and I remember when for our our, our high school graduation. There were some girls that we were going to have uh, some special dress made. And she actually offered to make the dresses to some girls that didn't have too much money to do it. it unfortunately, in the end, we ended up just going in uniform, which I hated it. But we, I remember we were just so 
excited about finding these uh, these uh, patterns. So she was gonna do it for us, and it didn't happen. But we we had um she made a few dresses for me for parties, and at the time we were using like maxi skirts. So it was like a long dress. They were mm -hmm. so beautiful. <laughs> I wish yeah. I had some pictures. Yes, I asked. Actually, I asked my mother for some pictures. She said she might dig some up for me to see, because I, you know, I I love a lot of traditional um, kind of things. Like, I don't know about you, but I this whole online banking, for example, my mm -hmm. my wife makes fun of me because I didn't really adapt adopt the whole online banking i always would go to the branch and i always need that personal kind of touch and interaction but i mean i mm -hmm. i like a lot of traditional old style of things like including shaving and just little things right um mm -hmm. so yeah i mean it, i love that story because you don't see that anymore nobody is making their own dresses or very few people are doing it and it's 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 something that you know yeah. i think could be done a lot more yeah it's all mass production unfortunately and but at least i think one of the things that we do and i and i think you i don't know if i saw some something that you posted that about uh, eating local Mm -hmm. and and you mentioned about growing your own vegetables so at least we can do we can do that now and and talking about the virus is what i have seen in my neighborhood with my friends and people anywhere people that i work with and and i i really people are actually really want to grow their own stuff and and before i mean it's some of the some of the kind of positive uh, positive uh, uh, um, outcome situation mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um yeah out of this being at home so much yes and i i have my um uh i have a an um nephew that is a, he's an engineer i mean he never grew anything but he was interested in plants. Well, with the virus, he started growing his own vegetables too. Yes. So, and this is in El Salvador. So I, I thought, I think that that was pretty, pretty. Um, it's nice people. People is um, the. I mean, the situation with the virus have made people think about what what we can do also on our own and how in, um, enjoyable that can be. Yes, it was a bit, a bit of a push, I think, that, that a lot of us needed. And, and you're right about mm -hmm. the positive type of outcome from this whole situation. But, but let Nat, mm -hmm. Nadia, tell me a little bit about what you're doing in El Salvador. And okay. Up, right? Yes, uh, well, I have been always connected with people in El Salvador. And, and actually, my, when I did my PhD, I went there two years because I usually, I, I came here with a Fulbright scholarship. So I had to go back for two years and then part of my thesis was done there. So that connected me 
to the new generations of agronomists in, uh, at the University of El Salvador. And then uh, now I see them and they're all uh, uh, grown up and everything. And, and I, uh, I kept in touch with many of them. So one of the, one of the things I have done for the past maybe 10 years uh, I, I had given presentations about what I do here in, in Missouri about native plants and what we can do in El Salvador based on what I have learned. And I have a, a project that I call Finca, and which is means in Spanish is just small farm. Uh-huh. So uh, the very last project that I had is during the, during this pandemic, I couldn't plan to go to El Salvador. So of course we started doing webinars and zooming uh, with groups and everybody. So so they invited me to give a presentation about natives, what I do here in Missouri, and and how we can adapt it, what we can do in El Salvador. That is, so we can help people to to appreciate more the native plants that we have, wherever we are, in this case, in El Salvador. And so I, I'm giving a webinar next week, and it's going to be via Facebook Live. And it is, um, I'm working with an organization that is called Antiguo Buscatlán Verde. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm, I will repeat, Antiguo Cuscatlán Verde. Perfect. And I will, I will have this in the show notes as well for everybody. Yes, and if I, yeah, everybody can, anybody can find it. It's, um, it's a presentation that will be next Friday at 6 p.m., six, actually 7 of, of um, your time and my time. Eastern. It's 6 p.m. in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Wonderful. Um, and, but it just, uh, that's a, just a webinar, but I hope, I mean, I have done it before that I have been uh, working directly with them, uh, with groups. We did a couple huertos um, caseros or like little vegetable gardens. We still, one time we did it with um, at a nursing home. And we work with one of the the uh, a friend, a very young friend, biologist, in in a therapist. So that was used to for um, older adults that live in this nursing home. They were they they said they grew their own vegetables. Wow. So it was um that's just one of the examples of the things that I have done there. Wow. Well, bringing the um, so I have a question for you. I have for many years thought that um, and and believed this, and I think there was a concert. Um, you maybe you've heard of it. There was an orchestra mm-hmm. that played to an auditorium full of plants um, during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. A few months ago, I saw this. And what are your thoughts on talking? to your plants, maybe even touching a, a, fla- a leaf or a flower, 
what do you what do you think about that in, in music and how does that associate with our connection with words i don't know if i, I think i saw that that uh, it was in the news mm -hmm. but I, I mean i'm not really one that i talk to my plants i have to be honest and i talk to my insects i talk to my butterflies i know they but but i don't maybe i'm not a uh, they're they're just good for you and i see them as part of my life but i don't see them as somebody that will communicate with me <laughs> that's the okay. that is the <clears throat> they're communicating i mean they're just showing me how beautiful they are and then i appreciate them and i talk to them and even some there are times when my husband he doesn't make fun but he just smiles and yeah you're talking to your caterpillars so you're talking to your plants oh he always hears that you're always mumbling with your plants and your and your insects because i think i mean it's i think that's good for you you just i just it's my therapy yes but but i maybe i'm i'm not that a uh, it's okay people think that they talk yeah. <laughs> but I, do, I don't believe it <laughs> nice nice and what about one one other thing almost maybe related um i don't know if i'm calling it the right thing where people will and i think this comes from asia but maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong if you if you've heard of it where you go barefoot and it's therapeutic to a certain extent because that grounds you, mm -hmm. I think it's called grounding, and mm -hmm. you connect to the nerves of the nature around, like the trees or, you know, maybe, you know, grass is probably the worst example, but if you walk barefoot mm -hmm. around trees and things like that, is is there anything that you know about that or, or any truth to something like that, you think? Well, I guess people just, if they feel happy to do it and they think that they are connected to the trees, more power to them. But um, the way I feel it is that I'm connected no matter where I am. I don't have to ha go barefoot to to feel the trees mm -hmm. because they are around me. I just want to, I mean, I can touch them and I feel that they are, I'm part of them. But um. But I think it's just it's just a different way that people want to feel that they are connected to nature, and that is just wonderful. But I could go barefoot, as I say, or not, and still I feel that I am connected to them. You're on a you're on a different level, Nadia. <laughs> Very different frequency <laughs> with with nature. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you I can be sitting in my garden. And my husband does that too. He's a photographer, and he can be what he can stay for, uh, maybe for an hour or so, and then just watch. But it's in in a little area, and then you start. I mean, you start looking around, and then if you start watching or paying attention, then you start seeing what everything that you have around you. So it's uh, there's so much that we don't see. As I said at the beginning, when you start, you learn one, about one butterfly, then then you start you start seeing all the other butterflies. Yes. 
or other insects. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I feel that I'm different. <laughs> you probably are right. Yeah, it's great. It's, 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 it's being present. It's being mindful. It's noticing the little things. There's a lot of action in, in the garden. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, and especially if you have a... But, of course, if I go to alone, I don't see anything. It's what I call them deserts yeah. because they're not offering any entertainment. They're not <laughs> offering any food or or shelter to anybody. Yes. And so, so I think it's... Diversity is the key to, and we should power, I mean, we should uh, bring that to us. If, it, if we don't have it, we can do it. Yeah. And if you don't have the plants you want, you can grow them. And so, yeah, there's so, <laughs> so many things that you can do to just, to make your life diverse and entertaining and fun and not boring. I feel like we covered so many things and one of the, one of the and in one of the questions I typically ask is kind of what you would suggest for you know generations to come and um, or, or younger people trying to do you know or to, to work with native plants and I feel like we've just covered so much in, in the way of suggestions and, and advice. Um, but what I what I will ask you is, if there was a catalyst for you personally in this point of your life, what would that be? What would what would take Nadia to the next level? Well, um, I think I would like to expand or oh, to to. Um, um, I still have a lot to, a lot of work to do. Where I am. So I feel that I just need to keep uh, to keep doing what I'm doing. So I feel that I have a, I have helped some people to 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 find their way to nature, but I would keep doing it and keep keep trying also in my own country and um, I just feel that it's just keep doing what I'm doing. I cannot. Uh, we always have those people that will 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 disapprove what I do. So I just keep. Uh, I will try to to get more involvement from uh, like work more with children. Maybe that would be one one way to really know that my word is is uh, being spread. Working with children because they are the and they are the future, and they are probably like little sponges yes. that get more. They, they are they sometimes they don't they don't know anything that is interesting. My my uh, they might see with different eyes yes. that an older person. Yes, and they will take that with them uh, for their future. Because you're absolutely right, yeah. and I see that just in in my daughter, and I try to preserve that, preserve that innocence mm -hmm. and not um, mentality of fear um, for bees, for example, or or anything else. Right, maintain that curiosity. Mm -hmm. So that that's that's a good idea. 
with, with the children. Yeah, and that's explore nature. Go to your natural area, to your closest area that you have. Learn what you have around you first. And then, like, sometimes I, I was thinking, uh, like, just recently, we were talking with my husband about going to parks. To, I want to see more parks, natural parks. But I don't even know my own backyard, mm -hmm. my, my own natural areas. So I started visiting, especially because the fire, virus, of course. And then I started visiting other areas that I haven't seen. And they are like maybe two, three miles from where we live. Yes. So, so just open your eyes. You might be able to see more. Yes. Right in front so, of you. So much to explore. And you're right. Like even this year for us, we've, and just from being able to work from home and, you know, not having to commute and drive for four hours a day to and from work, um, we've had a, a, mm -hmm. a lot of time to visit areas that we have never been to and take walks and hikes and, uh, you know, everything in between, bike rides and things like that. So you're, you're absolutely right. There's so much mm -hmm. in front of us or around us. And a lot of us tend to, at least here in, in Canada or maybe in the circles that I've been in where I've worked, a lot of it is around mm -hmm. travel and vacation time and going to the islands or going out of Canada. And, and I feel like this year mm -hmm. has been really eye-opening in that sense that there is still so much to explore here. And there's, mm -hmm. no, there's nothing wrong with that. And you can go away for an entire day, come back home, sleep, and you'd still have another 100 places that you can go and visit and, you know, that staycation uh, feel, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's what, what happened to me when, uh, with El Salvador. I mean, I, I knew places in my own country, but every time I go, every year I go, I say I want to see a different place that I didn't see before. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might be a tiny, as we call it, El Pulgarcito, or the, um, um, you know, the nickname from our country that i mean for el salvador that is more like a very tiny yes. country but it has so much to to show us yeah. so much to explore still so yeah just just uh, keep exploring life can be so interesting if you can imagine uh an, a grade nine student I, I, I think I was in grade nine one year that we went to El Salvador and it was in a period of time where we had gone maybe every other year for the past, mm -hmm. you know, five to seven years, maybe to El Salvador. Mm -hmm. And I'm in grade nine, however old, eight, seven, no, 12, 15, 13, something like that. And I said to my parents, I'm mm -hmm. not going unless we go to Guatemala or Nicaragua or somewhere else as well. Honduras. Or, or Honduras, yeah. Because mm -hmm. the previous times that we would go, it was always family, lunch, dinner, family, lunch, dinner, same place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hi, I want to go and I want to <laughs> explore. I want to see something different. And, and this, was, this was me. Mm -hmm. I, I said, I'm not going. You know, obviously, I don't know... Mm -hmm you know, what my parents actually 
thought at my comment and, you know, they probably would have forced me to go anyways. However, they were able to plan a trip to Guatemala and El Tical and do that. And, and I was able to start oh, that um, conversation and get the planning going that way because I, I, you know, I basically pointed out, hey, there's so much more. Why do we have to go and do the exact same thing? <clears throat> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, how wonderful! That's a that's a great experience, and uh, yeah, and you, uh, it's amazing to me that I never went to Tikal. Oh, you would yeah. love it! Yeah. I think you would love it. But I, yeah, and I, well, I've been in other places in Honduras, of course, and and in El Salvador. There are so many beautiful places too, but of course, we have to be safe. We have to go to places where we know that it's right. safe. And but I, I have managed to visit areas. Yeah. Now the the same, and I understand when you go to. Well, it's like what happened with my family because I I go I have to visit everybody. Yes. But I just always make a um. Well, I I bring family with me, so let's go see other place. So so in that way I can cover both. I can visit and I can and we can have. We can share the family. Yes. <laughs> We're just part of our cultures. Yes, yes. Awesome, Nadia. Well, it, um, it, it's been really great speaking to you. Um, if, you if you have any yeah, words you. for us, or we, we'll be signing off. I guess we've we've gone for about an hour now. So um, mm-hmm. there's so much to, that we could continue chatting about, I suppose. But um, I, I really appreciate your time. And I look forward to chatting with of you course. always. And I'll, I'll obviously include some information in the show notes and where people can find you and some of the activities that you mentioned that you're involved with in the projects, Finca mm-hmm. and uh, Antigua Cuscatlan Verde. I pronounced it right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Antigua. Antigua. Antigua Cuscatlan mm-hmm. Verde. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's been really exciting for me to chat with you today i hope um you know everybody enjoyed our conversation again this is alejandro from catalyst radio and my special guest nadia uh, navarrete and uh you know I, I like i always say i can't promise to bring you a great conversation every week but when i do i'll bring you a conversation of great value thanks again nadia We'll chat soon. Yeah, thank you, Alejandro. It's it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. The pleasure's been mine. Bye for now, Nadia. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.